Greetings, everybody! Before we get into the content, I wanted to give a huge shout-out to the rapidly growing fanbase. The numbers have been out of this world, and the show has not gone below number 8 on the top 10 list from Podbean in the last two weeks. On top of that, the show has also been played in more than 30 countries to date. Special thank you to all of my new Australian audience that has come out of literally nowhere to steal the number two most listening country spot from Canada and the UK. You only have the US left to take down. I believe in you. All of this, and in just my third month, has been so incredible, and I am thankful to each and every fan I have out there. I cannot emphasize how important it is to capitalize on this momentum and ask everyone who is listening. Yes, you. Listen. Hey. All right. Good. Thank you. To recommend this show to anyone you think might listen. Word of mouth is the most powerful marketing tool on the planet, and I literally cannot do it without all of you. Now just let me slide back into presenter mode. Today's guest is Charla McKinley, proud owner and operator of Beyond Personal Finance. After getting her finance degree back in the day... Charla went on to become a certified public accountant and accrued over 25 years of experience working in both corporate and private sectors. It was while teaching life skills to her own children that she was inspired to write a fun, interactive, choice-driven personal finance curriculum for teens to introduce them to the real world of money and choices. She has sold these gamified classes across the United States and spends her free time writing and speaking on the topics of money and adulting. Now then. Let's all make a time machine and undo our poor money choices. Or I guess at least help out the teens in our lives. Welcome to the show, Charla McKinley. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Why don't you give a brief introduction for uh, people who don't know you? Sure, yeah. So I am a wife, a mom. I work a little bit as a business consultant for a large um, OBGYN practice in the area, but my true passion uh, as far as a career is concerned It uh, happened quite accidentally. Um, I've got a background in finance from the University of Texas, and that uh, personal finance was important to me. Uh, Financial wisdom and maturity is important. So when it came time to impart that information to my son, who was about 14 at the time, you know, we sat down with, you know, the kind of the big thinkers um, around and, uh, and he was listening and he wasn't arguing and he certainly saw the wisdom of it all, but he was like, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's just not going to apply to me. Cause you know, I'm, I'm going to have a lot more money than that. So buying a $5,000 car is really that that's, you know, that's good information for poor people. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, we have got a problem. So I took a step back kind of uh, looked around, drew some inspiration from various places and created a curriculum, uh, an experience class to uh, teach him. And then I started with his friends. It has grown nationwide since uh, where kids budget 
for age 22 to 42. It's 20 lessons, 20 years of their lives where they get to project themselves and make choices for themselves, including career, uh, and then all the expenses, apartments, cars, houses, they get married, they have children, investments, insurance, all that. And they see just how easy it is to be poor. Now, of course, I'm using poor in air quotes because, you know, going back to my son's $5,000 car thing, just I'm trying to show teenagers before they get to their 20s where I wasted a lot of money. I I'm trying to show them just how easy it is to get yourself in a financial situation where you, you know, you're grinding. And, you know, I, when I was in my twenties, I had high credit card debt. At one point we had a home equity loan. Um, I worked two jobs uh, for a little while to dig myself out. We, you know, I, I didn't want that for my son and his sort of blase fair attitude about, how uh, much money he was going to have and how it was going to be different for him really inspired me. So that's, that's the journey I am on is trying to wake up teenagers before they have to do it for real time, because man, those real dollars and real regrets are hard to live with. Yeah. And and you built this, you know, as you said, for your son and it expanded to his friends. Um, Have you seen a lot of expansion behind this kind of program? Yeah, you know, it was hard to know what to expect because I didn't, I'm certainly not a curriculum writer. I'm not even a trained teacher. Um, Other than when I was little, I taught my stuffed animals and, you know, they did great. So, I mean, I guess I'm good, but I, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I taught that first group of kids, my son and his friends, it was a small group. And then the parents saw such change in their son's that they said, well, you, you've got to teach, you know, the siblings. And of course, at the time I had just, I designed a class for boys. So I only, when I gave them a choice of who to marry, uh, when, when we got to our, you know, lesson on marriage, uh, I only had just a few choices and they were, they were just only girl choices. <laughs> and uh, these you know, and, and I, these boys were sitting around, you know, when I said, okay, you've got to buy the ring and you've got to do this. And there was just a lot of grumping about how expensive girls were. And so I was just thinking, oh my gosh, if I expand this and now I've got a classroom of boys and girls, you know, what is this battle going to be? So, you know, they insisted and I taught it again and it just kind of grew exponentially. And then I went online, I recorded myself teaching the lessons because, you know, there was only one of me and I've got a lot going on. I've got two children and, um, and my part-time job and all the things. And so I knew in order to get this to a broader audience, I needed it to be an online experience as well. And so, yeah, it's really, uh, it's really spread and it's been a lot of fun, um, to, to see and hear when people will email me and just tell me stories about how it's changed their teenagers understanding of money and the future. I mean, that's just, that's super humbling for me because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to make a difference. Well, and it's incredibly value valuable uh, at a very young age like that. You know, if, 
if parents can get their kids into something that really shows them, you know, the difference of a little financial decision now versus a lot of heartache later. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, so often, I mean, and and this, this could be said for all 20 of my lessons, but my very first lesson is career and college. And so often we as parents will talk at our teenagers about how important it is for them to work, save their money, do well in school so that they can get scholarships, uh, go to community college so that they can cut down on the high cost of college, really know what they want to do so they don't get into college and kind of waste time. Like we have all of this good, true information, but it really goes in one ear and out the other because the kids can't see the financial impact of a bad choice. So in my class, I have them start with whatever college they want to go to and whatever career they want. I do not really spend very much time lecturing and or, you know, of course, you know, since it's a recorded video, I don't even get to see the kids enough to warn them about making wise choices. And so they start off with and they just say, oh, well, because I'm going to this college, I'm going to have this much student loan debt, because one of the rules of my classes, you can't assume you're going to have a scholarship because the numbers on scholarships are, uh, are, are startling. So you're not going to, you're not going to get enough to pay a full ride for your scholarships. So I don't really let them assume that. So they take on student loan debt flippantly and they choose their career you know, based on things. And it, then because I make them budget, you know, okay, now you need to feed yourself and now you need to do all this. They see, oh my gosh, I would have more money if I didn't have a student loan. Oh my gosh, I would have more money if I chose a different career. And those are conclusions they get to on their own. I don't have to lecture them into the truth. They can see it in their budget. And then that is when they go, oh, wow. Okay, now I see, you know, and I even, you know, I even joke in my, uh, on my videos, I'm like, you guys only think that your parents want you to go to a community college because they're going to miss you and want you to stay close to home. That isn't it. It's cheaper, you know? So I just kind of just try to use humor to help them see that we're talking about big, dollars that are hard to come by. And you really have to be wise with the choices that you make. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds um, almost like, you know, you're, you're working on a game where, oh, okay, you're going to, you know, monopoly, you have this much money to start with. Okay. You're choosing to go to school. I'm going to need, I'm going to need the money back. And now we're going to go around the board and we're going to see if you make money or lose money when they, they make those choices in this program. Is there like a, a, a do over option where they can try it again and maybe make different choices to see how the outcome is better? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, that's really, that's where I want them to get to is this idea of under understanding, you know, okay, wait a minute, what if I did this? What if I shifted and all of that? And so I definitely give them the option to do that, but they are instructed 
they, in order for realism, I really try to, uh, when they make a bad choice throughout the game, I have them keep the financial consequences of those bad choices. So for example, if they chose to do a different career, I would still have them um, keep the student loan. So that trying to help them understand the, the because, you know, I, I the student loan stays on their budget for 10 years, because in reality, that's how long the average student loan payback period is. So you already know those 10 budgets are painful for them, you know, because they see that anchor there. And man, on that uh, when they turn 33 years old and they've paid off that student loan and they do that first budget without that number, the relief is fun to watch. And so what's funny is, I mean, this is pretend money, but they felt it so deeply for so many lessons that now on at age 33, I, I don't even have to, you know, I, all I have to say is, yeah, it feels good not to have to pay that, right? And that's it. And so I don't know. I'd, I'd love to be around. But I think my kids, my students are going to be so hyper aware of those student loans when the time actually comes. So you can do it over, but uh, you you can't just completely scratch it out and start over because I want to show them how adults start over. You know, because kids are so used to hitting the reset button. My son used to do that when he was playing video games. He'd be playing along and something would happen that he didn't like. And boop, he just reset it and went back to the last time he saved and tried again. And that's what our kids are used to, thinking that nothing really has long-term consequences. So I want to show them that, yeah, actually in the adult land, there is a modified reset button. It always costs you something. And so even for those kids who might, uh, let's say they didn't have a student loan for the and they want to go back to school. Sometimes I'll say, well, you know, you need to pay extra to go back to school. Are you going to go on the nights and weekends? You know, like these are just, these are questions that actual adults have to face. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those, you know, I did, I went to a community college first, did a bunch of prerequisites, went to a program, but by the time I was paying my student loans off, I was in an entirely different career field as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you're paying for a thing you're not necessarily using, but it also seems like there is such a benefit to being able to have this class in that online setting, because, you know, when I use my banking app in real life, it is digital. So I see the numbers digitally. And when, you know, they go through your program, if they're doing their budgets, they see their numbers digitally, just like they would in their bank account. And that seems like it would be very impactful. Yeah. What, what got me frustrated, one of my inspirations was the game of life. I loved that, you know, you started off the game and you, you had that first decision. Do I go the college path? Or do I start my career? And, and either one of those, you know, cost a certain amount of money, start with this amount. But unfortunately, the game of life is just wildly unrealistic. You know, it's too easy to come by money. And I think that that's what 
our teenagers are seeing. And so my son's reaction, you know, I'm not going to be poor is not because we necessarily have just a ton of money. It's just that the world projects that and they see these YouTubers that are making all this money or these influencers that are making all this money. And so my son just naturally assumed, you know, well, he's just going to be one of those. And so having to manage his money was not going to be something he was going to worry about. (laughs) And speaking of YouTuber and restarting, uh, I had this one kid who couldn't decide if he wanted to be a YouTuber or if he wanted to go to college and be an engineer. (laughs) And so, and this is the the very beginning of the game, the very beginning of the class, you know, and, and so I said, okay, why don't you do two budgets? Sure. It's more work, but like you said, it's electronic. So, you know, it's on, uh, it's on Google sheets. So it's how hard can that be? Why don't you do two budgets? One with the YouTubers money. And of course I just told him that, you know, I I would, we're going to assume that he's going to make $20,000 as a YouTuber, (laughs) which is a lot of money, but I knew how he would see how quickly the the $20,000 went away. And then he, then he did the engineering path and he saw in lesson three is this, uh, you know, buy a car and he did not have enough to buy a car. So he had to have a loan with a loan, you know, with a down payment. Then we get to lesson four and he couldn't afford one of the apartment choices as a YouTuber, but of course he could as an, as an engineer. And so he's like, I don't, I can't afford any of these. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to live at home. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. I said, yeah, I know, but there's only so much money. And when it's gone, it's gone. And you've already spent it here in these other choices. You don't, you can't afford an apartment. So he was like, well, I guess I can't be a YouTuber. And I said, well, actually, that's not true. You could be an engineer who evenings and the weekends does a YouTube thing. And if you become so dynamic in the YouTube world and you make enough money, then one day you can scale back your engineering career. But it is far wiser to start with something that you will be paid to do And then the other type interests that you may have aren't necessarily career interest in the beginning. So music, art, you know, YouTubing or making movies, those kinds of things are great, but our world doesn't doesn't really value those enough to compensate you in a livable wage type situation. And so it's better to take your gifts, you know, like my artist in, in, in the classes, I will always encourage to look into graphic design, um, you know, take what you love, but then see if there isn't a job that uses those same skills, but then also will pay you enough. Because I'm telling you, if you start your 20s and you're grinding for money, you're grinding to pay your bills it quickly zaps your love of music, art, or whatever. And that it doesn't allow for your creativity. So it just, it's, it's better to have those bills covered 
and then use your free time to, you know, for your pursuits and build those up, you know? So that would be my, that is my advice to my students. Absolutely. And I would say, try and echo that to anyone listening who wants, you know, who wants that kind of career as a, you know, an influencer or someone in the the media scape or whatever it is, make sure you have a stable career first. (laughs) Um, This is definitely not my full-time job because I don't, I don't know if I could get paid for it, but I do enjoy it. So it's a good passion project and I have fun with it regardless of if I'm getting paid or not, but it helps to, you know, know I have money in the bank and not, uh, not have to rely on it. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you, if you thought that you had to get paid to do this podcast, your uh, energy going into it would, would just be different and it would feel more reaching and, and, and desperate to convert them to the cash. And that's just, that would come across as not nearly as relaxed and just enjoying the thing as you would want it to be. So it's super important to have that, uh, that financial base to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a lot of stories like that with the the YouTuber? (laughs) I have a, I have a lot of stories like that. I've got, um, a, a girl in, in our area, she, uh, one of the private schools here has a really good dance program. And so she, as her extracurricular, uh, is dance. And so she had her heart set on going to this private school and it has a private school price tag and her parents, you know, I know her. And she was like, you just don't know. And you just don't support me and yada, yada. And, you know, her parents were like, no, it's not that. It's just that, you know. And after taking my class, she has uh, opened her eyes to, uh, we are, I'm in the Raleigh area. She's opened her eyes to the University of North Carolina, which is a premier school with a lower price tag and an amazing writing program. And so one of the top in the country. And once she saw her budget and her writing salary and that she was, you know, in the negative uh, with her budget, um, going to a private school, she then understood what her parents were trying to say. And she has since shifted. And her goal now is to go to the University of North Carolina and do, you know, the things and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, her dad came in and my class is about, you know, $250 for 20 lessons. If you take it live, it's less if you do it your own self, but (laughs) he was live and he was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I paid you $200 and you've given me $40,000 in return. I, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's super. But just trying to get these kids to see life as an adult helps them understand the lessons that their parents are trying to teach them. And that is, I, those, the number of stories. And of course, parents are so thankful that they're all the time telling me those stories. And I just, I just love them. Yeah. The parents are like, you've convinced my kid. I don't hate them. That's right. 
That's right. And that, that I'm not against them. And, you know, I'm not anti-dance. I mean, you, you know, think about those parents. They have spent countless hours and, and thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars supporting her dance love, but they got no credit for it simply because they couldn't see a path to, to go to this private school just because they had a good dance program, you know? So I'm just trying to support these parents out there. Um, Speaking of parents, another way that I support parents, you know, like I said, (laughs) I make these kids get married and then we have babies and it's in a game type situation where uh, I make all of them have one baby, but then after that, it becomes random. They spin a wheel and if it lands on baby, boom, you know, so, (laughs) um, but then at the end of the class, they are 42 years old and they're taking stock of their journey. And I say, okay, you're about halfway to retirement here's how much money experts say you should have. And then I say, you know, look down at your budget. Are you there? Did you make it? What choices led to your success or led to your lack of success? You know, that whole thing. And then, you know, some of, you know, they get all puffed up. Oh, I made it. And I'm like, oh, not so fast. Count up the number of children you have and now subtract $80,000 from your savings account for each child. And they're like, what? What's that for? What do what? And I'm like, oh, oh, that's for college. And they are aghast. What do you mean? I'm like, well, the thing is college cost. Well, I'm not paying for my kids' college. They're on their own. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting because just 20 lessons ago, you were telling me that your parents should cover it all. And if they didn't have the money, they should take out the loans and not you. Or one of the things you listed as your the root to your financial success is your lack of student loans. So are you really not going to do that for your own kids? Oh, my gosh. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, your parents have no money because of you. you are what's causing your parents to not have any money. And now they see it because that first lesson, when I make them, you know, take it, I I make them take $10,000 out of their budget for each child. And and that's cheap. I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to break their spirit here, but that's cheap and that's real. And so then they have to cut back on their clothing and their entertainment. And I'm like, y'all, your parents don't dress nice, not because they're out of style and out of fashion. They just don't have the extra money. They choose to spend it on other things. Give them a break. <laughs> and they get it now. And so those little anecdotes I hear all the time from parents. Thank you so much. My kid understands why our couch is broken now. Thank you so much. You know, I love that. That's really funny. I, I like the, uh, that's why her couch is broken. Yeah. Now, oh, you know, yep. Yep. That's the, well, you know, you guys subtract an absurd amount of money for the couch budget. That's right. That's right. And the kids know that because in one of my lessons, they have to buy the house. And this is always my favorite because, you know, I'll give them an option of a small house all the way up. Now these are real houses, like unlike game of life. I'm trying to I, teenagers 
are just bent on arguing, right? Well, that's not a kind of house I would have. And that's not the, no, no. These are real houses. I even give them the opportunity to go to Trulia and find their own house. You don't have to use the one from my book. Go find a house. Just know, multiply that times 20%. That's your down payment, you know, da, da, da. Well, anyway, so I let them pick a house. And of course you already know, they want a nice big house, you know. And uh, my biggest house is five bedrooms. And then the next lesson is furniture. And I give them all the numbers and, and everything. And they're like, well, why do we have to buy all this furniture at one time? I'm like, well, because, you know, at this point you're about, you know, 33, 34 years old and you've bought no furniture. So we can assume that you have literally nothing. So you have to outfit the whole house. Well, do I have to buy furniture for every room in the house? I'm like, well, why would you buy a house if you weren't going to use the rooms? Why would you spend the money? And they're just looking at me and they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Like if the bigger the house, the more stuff. And so that, you know, that really hits home. I love it so much. They're like, oh, maybe I didn't want this 12 bedroom house on Trulia because I don't need to That's buy right. 12 bedroom sets. That's right. Or maybe I understand why my parents live in the house that they live in. Maybe I get that now. And Another thing that I do, speaking of broken couches, is again, I'm trying to gamify it, right? Because these teenagers have grown up in this digital game filled world. So, in order to get their attention, capture their attention, I also have another wheel that I call plot twist. And this is every lesson they spin a wheel and something random happens to them. <laughs> and, you know, might be broken couch, pay. $700 or, you know, um, a tree falls on your house, pay this or whatever. But again, unlike game of life, these are real, real things. And these are real dollars that have to come, they come out of their savings account. And each that tension, each time they hit that wheel is so fun because this is what adults go through, but we don't even have a wheel, but we know when we wake up every day, there's no telling. There can be some financial thing going on that we, you know, either did or didn't plan for. Exactly. It's not until you get into the middle of uh, the, the heart of winter that your heating goes out. Right? That's right. That's right. And so what I tell these kids after 20 of these wheels, you know, we get to the end, you know, did you make it? Did you not? And, you know, they, they may say these plot twists are part of it. And I said, yeah, but the thing is you're not, you know, they're like, well, how can you save for something that you don't know what's going to happen? And I'm like, yeah, but if you, if life is random, then is it really unexpected? Like, can't you just save knowing that something's going to happen. Sure. You don't know what it might be, but you know, it will be something. So put away money in anticipation of these real life plot twists because they're coming and they can raw, they can destabilize your budget. If you end up having to put them on credit card and then the interest and, you know, it can be a downward spiral that you could avoid if you just saved for the unknown, knowing it's coming. Yeah. 
And that's, you know, you could say, hey, you need to put away X amount of dollars every year just in case something happens. And then if something doesn't happen, you know, in real life, that's awesome. You have some extra money now. But, Absolutely. you know, there's more often times than not something is going to happen. <laughs> yes. And that's what I, you know, when I on my wheel and in my class, I will um, I will tell them, hey, oh, yeah, this actually this one happened to me. Oh, yeah, this one happened to my husband. Oh, this an ant infestation in a car. Oh, yeah, that happened to my best friend. Yeah, she just couldn't get them out. So $225 to get these ants out. You know, it's little things that you just you can never predict. But, you know, something I went to the eye doctor for the very first time. I could not believe they give me the bill. And I'm like, I'm sorry, is that in pesos? Like, really? Yeah. And what's the they, conversion to real money? Yeah. I'm, actually, I'm going to be paying with American dollars. So if you wouldn't mind just giving me that amount. So little things like that, that it's coming. So you better put some money aside. Don't wait just until you know what it is. Well, yeah. And that's, I have a good one of those because I did not expect to have appendicitis yep. in the middle of my adulthood. That's right. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm out of community college. I'm into, you know, full regular program and uh, full-blown appendicitis. Yep. And it's like, I have, I had health insurance, but um, surprisingly, emergency surgery is not cheap. Huh, what? <laughs> Yeah, so that was a that was my random wheel that was a a a heavy four digit amount. That's right. Say. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I like that. There's there's a good realism in your game that like, oh, look, terrible thing happened. Sorry, like that's that's the terrible thing of this year, and you'll have another one next year, and you'll have another one the next year after that. That's right. That's so. Just get ready. Just get ready. Know that and, and stop with this whole, I'm going to be different because we all would say that, you know, I've got so many kids who will say, well, I'm actually, you know, because I make them start on the Department of Labor's website to pick their job so that I've got some realism in terms of wages. Well, they're all the time telling, oh, well, I, you know, I'm going to be different. I'm going to, I'm going to do this, that. And I'm like, yeah, but we all hear about those outliers, you know, who who just went on to vast successes and whatever. But it's it is safer to look at the pattern of the averages of things so that you you can shoot for the stars for sure, but you know, you, you can't count on those stars when you're making financial decisions. You, you know, well, I'm not going to worry about saving any money because I'm going to start my own business and then just pay cash for my house in 10 years. Yeah. Or maybe you could do something different. And, you know, like you said, if it works out, then you have extra cash. Sure. I definitely can remember being, you know, like 14 or something. And, uh, looking at a job and being like, oh, well, I'm definitely going to make the top end of this budget. So I should just assume that like I make the top end and you yeah. don't realize that like that top end is someone who's been in that job for 15 years has hit the top of their market cap. Like They did not start there. They started at the bottom of that range and that's, that's right. the money you make. That's right. And, you know, I've got students who um, a lot of them are, are, 
entrepreneurs and, and, you know, entrepreneur minded, which is great as a small business owner, I can certainly understand and appreciate, but, you know, I had one kid who someone in his family owned an oil change franchise. And so he put down on his first, on his first budget at age 22, that he was going to have, he was going to make $150,000 in his first year. And I was like, hmm, mm, nope, mm -mm, can't do it. Well, why not? Because that's how much so-and-so makes your girl. I said, yeah, that's super. But I just need you to just think about if it was possible for the world to not go to college and then at age 22 be making $150,000, wouldn't we all be doing that? Like, why would so many people be in debt? Like, there would be many more oil change shops there. And then as a result, because there's so many more oil change shops, everybody would make less than 150. Like, you can't, you you just stop, okay? Maybe you will, and maybe that's great. But why don't we use some more realistic numbers so you can see and be grateful for how much you make, you know, if, if you end up and, and, and you're right and I'm wrong and you end up making all this money as a 22 year old, you've at least seen how important it is. And you at least know what you're in for and what you're shooting for. But to let you as a pretend 22 year old budget based on $150,000 a year, that does not seem right to me. I, I, I would rather be conservative. Right. Yeah. And if I was allowed to make $150,000 a year, uh, my budgeting's pretty easy. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It's, it just becomes a much simpler exercise. Yeah. You're like, I've bought a new car. I got the down payment on my house and paid part of my house off. I already did all my college debt and I'm only in year one. Yeah. This, yeah. this is great. Yeah, I love it. This is the yeah, best. this adulting. Like, I don't know why adults are struggling so much. I mean, this is this seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the that's the saying. Like, I oh, just make more money. Like, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Why didn't I think of that? Oh my gosh, I didn't know this whole time. Yeah. I've been sitting here making less money. I didn't know. Huh. Uh, okay. I needed a I needed a kid to tell me to do it. Yeah, genius. <laughs> right. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. Um, I mean, looking at kids, let's say kids who are leaving now, right? They're they're about to head off to college or head off into to whatever their their next stage of life is. What do you think are some of the most frequent problems that they run into? Number one is self-discipline, right? They don't understand there is not an endless supply of money. And so when culture comes at them with all these commercials, all these ways to enjoy your life through spending money, whether it's shopping or drinking or gambling or uh, traveling or, you know, just any, and there's endless commercials on ways that we can spend money. And then they, especially these young kids, these credit card companies, they make it super easy to get and use a credit card. And it makes sense because that's how they make their money. So, you know, so when you combine those two with this clueless 
18 to 22 year old who thinks, well, sure, I don't have the money now, but I will for sure later. They begin to make unwise choices that damage what I call future them, future you uh, needs you to be uh, more mindful of how you're spending. And so they will often not save or worse, spend money that they don't have. And, and then they wreck their credit or their bank account. And it's only, you know, maybe five or seven years later that they see the full impact of those unwise choices. And, and you know, they, they just, they didn't know until they know. And they go, oh my gosh. Oh. You know, so credit score is massive. Uh, protecting that living within your means, uh, getting out, whatever, whatever you make, learn to live below that so that you can put a significant amount of money away for future savings, like your house or your retirement or whatever. It is so much better with just the power of time to save money early. And that is the most impactful lesson that I have when I put those numbers up for those kids and show them what a what happens when a 22 year old saves for the future versus a 35 year old. The numbers are staggering and and the amount saved is the same. It's just the timing of the saving. But, you know, when you're 22 years old, all of those future things seem so far away that current them wants to go out and YOLO around and just enjoy and just spend their money. And they're finally adults. This is great. But they don't know the impact that they are making to their future self. You know, this is, it's almost like the freshman 15, they say in college is it's the same thing. You get out, you have all this freedom. No one tells you what to eat. No one tells you to exercise. And so you don't have any self-discipline or, you know, you don't see what's the big deal until you've packed on these pounds and you go, and you realize how much harder it is to get those off and rein in your lifestyle. Again, if, if I could eat donuts all day, I would. Like, I don't understand what. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like we adults, it's not, it's not that just that, that we just don't like to have fun. It's just, we realize that fun comes with too high a cost. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely feel that donut comment deep in my soul. <laughs> yes. Um, because I would, I would eat donuts all the time. They're great. Who wouldn't? Yes. But yeah, they uh, are not good for the calorie count. (laughs) They are right. You are, you are correct. So we, you know, adults have to learn and it, it can be a painful process. This idea of moderation and, and timing and, and seasons and everything should happen in a, in a particular time and order and, and that's hard. That's really hard. And, and those lessons, depending on your maturity, when you first get out into the world, if, if you don't know those things, you can do a lot of damage as you're learning those lessons. And I'm speaking firsthand because I really did. I, I, 
you know, I just went out and, and spent and, you know, was pretending to be an adult as I bought all this stuff and, you know, suffered for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like I bought all the things my parents said I couldn't buy. And then the credit card bill comes in and you're like, oh, and this, this earns, they, they get more money every month because I owe credit. That's right. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, now I see. Oh, my credit limit is so high because they earn the more I spend of their money, the more they make. So it's not like I really, it's not like I'm allowed to spend $10,000 because that's how much I can afford. No, it's $10,000 because that's the amount of money that they're willing to risk on me so that they can get interest off of me. Oh, I see. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was like my first credit card when I turned 18, you know, I just need, I'd need a credit card because I need to start building some credit while I can. And it had like a 29% interest rate. And I was like, okay, well, if I spend a dollar, it's an extra 29 cents. Right. But that's the same thing. If you spend a thousand dollars, it's 290 on top of that. So it's that's like right. this rapid climb. And that's, uh, it's weird that we look at that and we can recognize it, but so many people don't look at their retirement the same way, because if you did look at a, an account that earns you money every year, you know, it's compounding interest. So yeah, your first year you earn 4%. The next year you earn 4% on top of the money you just had in there that already got 4%. So it's, it's an interesting thing to see. And I think it is. it's because it's on a a slower scale and it's in the background that we don't notice it happening monthly. Yeah. And in, in my class, in these budgets, uh, because of course, every single lesson I'm, you know, whatever they didn't spend, they save. And so that savings builds up and then I give them 5% uh, investment growth each year, which, um, you know, they calculate and they begin to see in their 30s, the ones that were were able to save early, they began to see 5% of their large savings account is a significant amount. And so one of the lessons is I have one of the two of them leave the workforce. (laughs) And so I say, hey, just look down and decide which one of you is going to leave the workforce and then take that income and make it zero. (laughs) It's such a good lesson, but they, the ones who saved early look down at that investment growth number and they go, Oh, look, my, I'm making $15,000 a year just on my investment growth. So I'm like, yeah, that's passive income that your money is working even when one of the two of you is not. And that's the goal. So the, and that, the, that happens longer when you start early. And, you know, if you're 22 years old and you've never lived on your own, then if you just, if you put away 30, 40, 50% of your income, you, you've never lived on anything else. So why not start super lean and throw that money away into the savings universe 
where it can grow. And I'm not even talking about super aggressive. I mean, I give them 5%, put it in an index fund and, and watch it slowly and steadily grow. And then as you age and as more expenses come your way, then you might find yourself saving less. But that's okay because you aggressively saved early and it is growing on top of itself, just like you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So often they'll start their 20s and they'll spend 100% of what they make. And so then trying to ratchet that back is harder than if they never spent it in the first place. Well, and especially when you've got, you know, extra, extra expenses coming in every year as you're getting older, you're like, okay, well, you spent a hundred percent of your money at, you know, at 22, but now that you're at 23, you have this other expense on there. You're now over your hundred <laughs> percent. Like, yeah. You're like, you don't have the ability to save because, you know, the choices you've outlined. That's right. Um, and that's, that is right. That's and a really impactful now you lesson. have. Yeah. And now you have to deny current you in exchange for future you. And that's hard to do. Again, I got that donut sitting right in front of me. Not eating that is really hard because current me wants that donut. And current me cannot hear future me yelling, no, 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 you're going to regret that. Yeah, I I, uh, I always wonder what your what your life would look like. Maybe somebody needs to make a sitcom out of this. If there was a version of you that was just one year older, and just like always lived with you, and the next time you picked up the donut, just slapped the donut out of your hand. That's right. And in any number of choices daily, we don't realize or stop to think. And and I don't even know. Part of it is like I think we don't know because we don't want to know what the future is. And if you just, you know, so often my kids are like, oh, and my students, I call them my kids, but so often I hear, oh, I'm just not good at numbers. So this is all. I'm like, nope, stop it. This is not complicated. This is not, you don't, you, you claim you don't understand the concepts because you don't like what they're telling you because I make them pay taxes. Right. And so it's, there's tax brackets. So I say, you know, if you make over this much, you, you owe 26% tax and, if you, you know, you owe 20%, which might seem steep given our tax brackets, but there's a reason for it. But anyway, and they're like, well, I don't know. That's just, it's just really complicated. I'm saying, no, it's, it's not, it's just not. You take your total income and multiply it times 0.26. That is not complicated. You don't like it. And so you're shutting your mind to it because you're realizing that you're a quarter of your money you're not able to spend. And that is uncomfortable, but let's not, you do understand like this, like your credit card with 29% interest that that's not, well, I'm just not good with numbers. No, stop. You can figure this out. This is, this is all multiplication, addition, subtraction, division. That's it. We're not talking about calculus, but people will, they'll see the numbers and they will allow that excuse into their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, you know, that's one of those hard truths about growing up because when you get, you know, money as a kid, you're like, oh, I got $20 in my birthday card. There's no tax on your $20. That's right. That's right. And it's all yours to spend. And, you know, because we as parents today tend to feed our children 
money when needed, they they don't have to wait. They're not living paycheck to paycheck. They don't understand. But if you make a commitment as a parent to not buy your children any of, you know, of the fun stuff, except for on birthdays, Christmas and special occasions like, you know, a particularly good grade or some success in their lives, then they can feel the length of time between, you know, getting something good and having to wait for something else. And so I really encourage parents, don't buy your kids this stuff and then expect them to understand self-discipline and and waiting because they've never had to wait for anything. So make them wait. And if there's something they want in those intervals, then they need to work for it. And, you know, oh, you want that latte? It's no problem. Where's your money? Oh, you don't have any money? Oh, well, that means you don't get that latte. That's just that's just what it is. And then they begin to make that connection. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. I have the power to get what I want or not get what I want. And working X hours equates to X number of lattes. And that equation may be something they go, oh, they don't get to learn what's important to them because it's your parents' money that they're spending. So everything's important. Oh, I'll take it all. I'll take one of this and one of that, one of that. But when it's their money, then the tables are turned. Absolutely. And I know I've kept you around for a while and I appreciate your time immensely. If there was a key takeaway that you wanted to give to people, what would it be? Like one critical thing. (laughs) My, you know, if if my kids were in the room, they would groan. But my uh, overarching theme for life is the quality of your life depends on the quality of your choices. And so if you make quality choices that set you up, you will find a life. Now there's still going to be, you know, an, an appendicitis thing going on. There's still going to be me in that optometrist place, but because we have made quality decisions early on to put money away, then those speed bumps along the way are more smooth. And so, so that's it. Just your choices. Every yes means no to other things. And so make sure you're making the right yeses. Make sure that, that you're understanding the future cost of what you're doing so that you, you can be, you can set your future self up for success. Absolutely. Great takeaway. Um, if our listeners want to know more, take your classes, uh, where could they find you? Sure. So my website, my, my curriculum is called beyond personal finance, and you can find me at www.b as in beyond P as in personal F as in finance class.com www.bpfclass.com. And then when you get go to that website, it will pop up with a subscribe. Every week, I send out a blog that is full of content on how to help parents 
uh, raise responsible and ready adults. And it's not just financial. I mean, you know, it, it, it's other it's other things too, like uh, the chores that kids could be doing, or you know, um, jobs. We we do talk about heavy in finance, but there's there's other things as well. So, uh, and then of course at the bpfclass.com, there is uh, up at the top the live self paced and live classes because I I will teach live via Zoom. Um, but a lot of people can't, you know, the timing doesn't line up. So they'll end up doing self-paced. Sure. Absolutely. That's great. And I think people need to go over, check it out, especially if you have, you know, kids starting to come up into adulthood, they should probably be taking this class because it sounds like it helps impart a lot of wisdom that is hard earned as an adult. Yes. And it's a lot of fun as families to do together. You know, the parents can can have their own avatar where they pick a career and they do a budget and, you know, they can, it's, it's just a lot of rich conversation. Which car did you buy? Which car did you buy? Why? You know, all of that. A lot of fun. Yeah. And just watch the the parents absolutely smoke their kids. That's right. Nice. All right. right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it immensely. Well, thanks again. Thanks for your time. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening and supporting the growth of the show. It's been my dream to create this show and to share all the cool stories with people who can actually benefit from them. I could have never imagined things taking off like this, and I look forward to every day more than the last. Remember to reach out by either leaving a comment on the show page, leaving a good review, or by sending me an email at dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com. I'm hoping to get a couple more episodes out of here soon, and then I'm going to do a listener questions episode. So reach out and let me know what burning questions you have, or what you want to hear most. If you want to start your own podcast, the Podbean promo is still running. Use Podcast 21 for a free month of hosting, which is like 33% of my total time so far. Also, big trade secret. If you're listening to this well into 2022 and beyond, just change the 21 in the promo code to the current year. Oops, I said that out loud. I've also got a Patreon up and just waiting for people to join so I can make more cool stuff for the fans. Anywho, I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye bye